Yes! everybody welcome into pace the nation broadcasting back here at studio 1a in downtown arlington virginia we are overlooking the heart of arlington county of course that's clarendon i'm in studio 1a my name is chris farley alongside me we've got the full crew excited to have the full crew for episode 230 uh across from me it's julie cully julie what's up Hey, happy to be back. Sorry I missed last week. We missed and, you. Uh, we're continuing with Docs's quarantine. <laughs> I know. From home, broadcasting yep. live. And let's bring him in. Docs, you there? Oh, I'm here, all right. But <laughs> He doesn't go anywhere else. But not... Well, I think he goes for runs. But not here. I'm... <laughs> I'm here, but not there. And that's true. Correct. Yeah. That's true. Correct. Docs, we, we may need to hear about your new uh, phenomenon on Instagram, too. See, that's the thing. The social media the, influencer The thing is, now. is she misses an episode. I and know. this is the second thing <laughs> she's brought up. And we talked about her not listening on the episode. We did. So, yeah. yep, we did talk about him being wow, a social thanks, media, guys. <laughs> media Appreciate influencer. Appreciate that. Yeah. Just setting her up. I should have given you the breakdown of what we talked about, but yes. <laughs> well, I'm talking about the social media updates since last yes, episode. Yes, good point. Okay, good point. so, yeah, we so could, there. We could, we could touch on that. There was something else that you brought up to me. Uh, oh, the Olympic, uh, the, or I'm sorry, not the Olympics, but the, uh, the we, we, world Ju- championships. Julie and I talked about the world championships being 2022 and Eugene, and I was like, uh, we talked about that. <laughs> and then I realized she wasn't on the episode. <laughs> so there's the second thing. Again, you she, guys don't sound like you've been staying together in quarantine for a month at all. You sound. I know, I know. <laughs> no, I don't think we. I think we talk much less now we probably, that we live in the same house she, and work in the same house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's literally in the basement. I'm upstairs. We're trading off kids. It's yeah. It's it's not yeah, much. We, talk. we connect yeah. less than before. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know what all these people are talking about with too much connection. Yeah. We're, we're lacking uh, connection. So Julie, before you talk about um, uh, that. Uh, Trader Joe's was uh, actually shut down last week. Uh, we talked about that on the episode. I, w- I wasn't going to bring that up. I was going <laughs> to talk about the six feet social distancing that is is happening. Oh, there's a as line. We speak. As we yeah. speak, Docs, there's a line in front of Trader Joe's. Everybody's got masks. Everybody's six feet. Everybody's following the rules. I'm impressed. Um, the only people together look like they are, you know, living EMT in the same people, household. Actually, yeah. Yeah, are so. kind of gathered close to each other there. <laughs> hey, let's take it easy on our... Uh, do you guys have masks? Uh, we didn't bring them. We do, but we didn't wear them uh, on our way to the store today. Oh, well, well, they're very effective if you leave them in the drawer. <laughs> they are. We've been using them in the grocery store, yes, though. Yes, we've definitely been using uh, them Chris the went store. to... Uh, Giant. Oh, I, giant, I'm not supposed yeah. to say the name of the, the, the grocery store, but yeah. Yeah, well, we didn't... That's not the one we were talking about, but... Right. Uh, he did wear a gloves and a mask, which I think is pretty impressive that I got Chris Farley to kind of, you know, actually step up and, yeah. and regulate himself for the benefit of others. Yeah, I um, did. I was but, proud of myself. But we are. We are practicing that when we go into indoor spaces, except for pacers. It would be kind of awkward to be in the Studio 1A right now trying to talk through masks. <laughs> it's already really hot in this room right now. Well, speaking of masks, we're going to have uh, Brian Danza on the program today. Uh, he uh, procured 
over a million N95 uh, masks for uh, medical workers uh, up and down the East Coast, mostly in Massachusetts and uh, also in New York and some in D.C. as well. So uh, we, we remember Brian Danza from um, shows promoting his uh, D.C. Roadrunners Mile Run. Uh, he's also the race director of the uh, Alexandria Turkey Trot. He's been on the program a couple times to, before. Today he's going to come on and talk about what he does in his, his, his line of work. His business is not necessarily procuring masks, but I think he works with factories in China and um, uh, as, as, his, as his full-time job. And he was able to do a really good thing, which was get uh, over a million masks with the help of the governor of Massachusetts, Governor Baker, and the New England Patriots. And Jonathan Kraft, um, he and his dad, Robert Kraft, own the Patriots. And pretty amazing story, uh, him helping procure all these masks. So, uh, you know, I had to squeeze in the agenda there, and I always look for my window, and so mm -hmm. I wanted to get that in. Uh, also on today's program, we're going to ask Docs, uh, as he's there in quarantine, what he's been watching on Netflix or Hulu or whatever else TV he's been watching. I'm interested. Terrific. Because um, I know if there's anybody who's watching something on TV, it's William E. Docs. Yeah, we figured we we finished up the show that we were watching this week, so we need a, a good recommendation. Okay, no spoilers, Docs. no spoilers. This is going to be a call. long good segment, calls. not a thirty second one. <laughs> so we'll we'll talk about that. Uh, also on today's program, a former guest pulls off something that's insane, crazy. Um, I I don't even know what to talk. I don't even know what to say about it. But it was a two and a half day run that we want to talk about uh, on the program today. And I want to get to a couple of messages. It was my birthday last week, so I want to get a couple of uh, get to back to a couple of people. It's easier for me just to blanket go on PTN and let them know rather than write them back. Yeah, and it's way. also a great opportunity for you to plug yourself and talk <laughs> yeah, about know, how it was your birthday, your birthday this week and make sure that anybody who forgot now feels yeah. bad about it. Yep. Well, right. I don't have to feel bad because I wished you a happy birthday. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he did. Me and too. He did. <laughs> he did. Uh, Docs was funny. He texted me. He said, uh, we're meeting at our regular spot at Whitlow's for your birthday tonight. Maybe Whitlow's. And I was like, wow. I, I would I would love to go over to a uh, local uh, haunt Whitlow's, but um, yeah, not not this year. Whit Whitlow's, for anybody who's not in the area, is, is a, a bar for kids that are much younger than us. Right. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> Except when uh, the Virginia Kai Shai group comes yeah, to town, then they try to is. relive their glory days at Whitlow's. That is true. Pipe it, um, Julie. Yeah. All right. But before we get to Brian, I, I did want to just talk a little about Ryan. A lot of people running out there. Um, so it, it's been good to see that uh, I'd say more people than ever are running. Um, for the most part, I see people as a guy runs by right now. I see people following the rules um, on your run stocks. Uh, are you uh, seeing the same thing on the trail by your house? Is everybody six feet apart and no. and, and, and following the CDC uh, recommended guidelines? No, there's there's a bunch of people out on the trail. I, I would say that that generally people are, are pretty cool. But the, mm -hmm. there's there's always every run I go on. There's people that are not following the rules. Most annoying thing is is when you have people smoking on the trail now. I I, I can't stand <laughs> that. It, 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 there's more yeah. cigarettes on the trail now than ever before. I, I don't. I, I mean, I, I know a lot of people have been talking about don't run in groups. Um, mm -hmm. I I don't think that I've really seen too many groups. And and when I do see groups, I kind of kind of 
do a quick judge the book by its cover uh, to, to, <laughs> to, to decide if I think that they all live together. You know, right. I, I mean, and when I say groups, it's usually like two or three people max. So which I think is which I think is is uh, falls within the guidelines. And I just always assume that they all live together. So it's OK that they're not meeting. But I could do without the smoking and I could also do without right. the I, I mean, there's there's way more volume on, on the trail. If I pass you, don't change your pace. Yes. Yesterday. <laughs> right. Yesterday, I, right. I passed somebody. I got around another group. And then this dude like tried to hang on for for at least half a mile, like just I just hear the slapping. Such bad etiquette. And and I'm and I'm sure that he was not keeping six feet, you know. And then and then finally he dropped off. Just just keep your own pace. Go out and do your own thing. Pretend like you're on your own thing. So I, I don't, I'm not sure where that fell under the the CDC uh, guidelines as far as that's concerned. Yeah, I'll look that up. I, I'm not sure where it did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Docs, I had that experience this past week, too, and uh, I just think there's so many more people out there that may not understand the the runner's etiquette, because there is just this huge surge right now, and, and it's great, and it's obviously a great thing for, for us with Pacers, um, and it's great for our communities and stuff to see people getting out and being active, for but, sure. but you've got a lot of newbies that are out there, and there's some ego and some things that that need to be checked that there's may not no, be being checked in quarantine. There, so they're no coming after races. us. There's no road races. So they got to get, it I know. Out yeah. When yeah. They see docs, that's what it is. I had somebody stalking me the other day and yeah. I was like, Oh, come, come on. on. So, so then I had my, my major surge dropped them and then I couldn't run the next day cause I was too sore. <laughs> do you think, do you think, uh, I could, I could partner with Pacers and print out about a hundred, uh, 2020 docs, invitational t-shirts and just hand them out to people yes. on the trail. Yes, we could do that. Yeah. Yes, um, that's a great idea. But Julie, Julie, you're right. The other thing that I notice a lot on the trail too is 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 people that are going right down the middle of the trail. You know, they're they're, they're kind of disrupting traffic on both sides, which is annoying. And then uh, I see a lot more people, um, kind of, uh, you know, they look like they're 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 walking drunk. You know, because because they're just staring at their cell phone and, and texting while they're walking on the trail, and then they and then they they like wander off to the left, wander off to the right, and I, I imagine that they would be difficult to pass if you're on a on a very fast moving bike. In fact, I I think that yes. it's like I, I think on these trails it's probably much more difficult on bikers than it is on the runners, uh, because I don't see how you could pick up your your speed with this much traffic. Oh, it's, it's definitely, and I, I want to, there is a lot of traffic and I encourage the traffic, just be safe, Yeah, but it's great to see uh, for the most part. I want to be positive. It's great to see a lot of runners out there. I'm seeing them too. It's good to see that you guys are seeing a lot of new runners. My idea is, is that like, there's so, so much less car traffic. Maybe, maybe if you're on a bike, you might consider riding the roads. You can ride down the middle. Yeah, it's of the probably road. the right. safest it's ever going to be for a cyclist well, to be out on the roads. Yeah, but, but it also depends on the time of day now too. Like if you go for a run in the morning, there's not as many people out there. It's oh. three o'clock onward when people are starting to shut down for the day that that the families start to come out and you start to see a lot more people exercising. That's so, that's the problem um, then because I I work. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I, right, I run well, after work. That's the, probably like everybody else. 
Yeah. Well, all right, everybody, uh, keep it up. Uh, great, great to see a lot of runners out there. All right, uh, next up, we want to get to a, a local runner. He's a race director. He's been on the show a couple times before. Uh, he was integral in securing over a million N59 masks uh, for the state of Massachusetts, uh, for New York, and some for the D.C. area as well. Brian Danza joins us next here on Pace the Nation. All right, welcome back to the program. And now, Julie, we are excited to be joined on the phone via, I think he's got some sort of Comrex machine. I don't know how to describe him, but he is the man who helped procure over a million N95 masks. It's Brian Danza. Brian, how are you? Good. How are you guys? Oh, we're doing well, man. Thank you so much uh, for joining us. And um, so for context, before we get into this crazy, amazing story, um, we've had you on the program a couple times. People remem- remember you as the guy who, uh, you know, he, he does his own honey. Um, so you, you're still doing the honey? Um, still doing the honey. Still like three blocks from your place. Okay. So do, doing the honey. And, and what, do you, what do you call that? You, you don't brew honey. I'm thinking of beer. You, um, no, uh, the honey we just harvest. Harvest honey. Harvest honey, yeah. You harvest bees. <laughs> yes, the bees are brewing the honey. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Well, so I guess the- I could make mead. I would distill mead, I think. No, I would yeah. brew mead. <laughs> right. I need right, to do so- that. I haven't done it yet. <laughs> He's a har- harvest honey, uh, race director of a couple of, of uh, really important big races in the area, uh, including the DC Roadrunners uh, Mile event that we try to promote. We sometimes miss it, but we try to promote it every year. And then, of course, the uh, Alexandria Turkey Trot, which uh, you're the race director of Timer and you do all things. Is that the? Is that a pretty good... Uh, yeah, that's a, a decent Sum of what you do? <laughs> okay. Um, well, this is just an amazing story of... of doing just something good and in a time of need. And there's so many hurdles that uh, had to be uh, uh, so many hurdles that you had to go over. Uh, So you've secured or helped procured N95 mask over a million of them. Uh, Take us back to how this idea even came to be. Okay. So first of all, um, N95 is a loaded term. Because N95 is a U.S.-specific mask, um, and there are equivalents worldwide, KN95 and FFP2. So um, actually, 3M does a great job of describing the differences between them. It's it's a regulatory thing. They're all the same, basically the same mask, but uh, it just depends on what factory they're coming out of and, and where they're going. So what I secured is a mixture of all three um, because that's all you can get right now because it's a disaster. And we'll get into that portion of Mm -hmm. it um, as we keep rolling. But basically what happened is, um, so about a month and a half ago, I was talking to a couple people about procuring masks to bring to the United States through my contacts in China. And Chris, as you know, and Julie, as you know, um, I, I started a new business about a year and a half ago. And most of my clients are Chinese manufacturers 
or Southeast Asian manufacturers. Just real quick, Julie, if you follow him on Strava, you can see him running in China like randomly. I'm like, uh, oh, that's weird. He's- I don't follow anybody on Strava, uh, okay, but okay. that's a good but tidbit. Thank you. You'll see him in China, and it's hard to run over there, right? It's hard to run over there for various reasons. First of all, I go to Shenzhen, which is the same latitude as Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. Um, so Sounds hot. It, it's a million degrees. <laughs> if you take the worst day in D.C. in August, yeah, that is every single day from like May until mid-October. Got it's it. just pure unfettered misery and for people like me and you chris who Mm -hmm. tend to have a little bit of a harder time in the summer and i guess our buddy charlie ban would be uh another example Mm -hmm. would be another example it's just disgusting (laughs) um just gross so much so that um the run washington account gave me a good uh, good amount of credit for this that i bought my own shoe dryer to leave at the hotel that I stay at all the time Mm -hmm. um, so that I would have a shoe dryer there when I'm there. (laughs) Wow. All right. So you go, you go to, and and again, pronounce, you know, I'm, I'm directionally and geographically challenged. What what place in China is it? It's called Shenzhen. It's where they make all the iPhones, literally where they make all the iPhones. It's uh, 12 miles north of Hong Kong, um, but in mainland China. So your new bu- your new business that you started a couple years ago, you, you uh, work with with factories and manufacturing over there. Gotcha. Yeah, I help them to make things uh, better for U.S. markets or for Western markets. Okay. Um, so about a month ago, uh, me and a couple of, the, of other people were talking about bringing masks into the United States. So during my regular calls with my normal clients. I started asking if any of them knew factories that uh, made masks. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that a bunch of factories that make other things converted into mask making, you know, two months ago as the virus was spreading in China. Um, I started dilly-dallying and dabbling around on whether or not I could buy masks and whether or not I could put them on Amazon or bring them into stores and, and things like that. Serendipitously, I got a text message from somebody who was related to a buyer from a large grocery chain and asking if I had a line on masks from China. Mm -hmm. And I said, yes, I actually do. Um, What do they need? And we, we had a quick discussion. They put me in touch with their brokers about ordering masks for for this grocery chain and for a large pharmacy chain and to do so because of how their payment terms work and you know this chris um they pay 30 day to 60 day net um we we were able to convince them to pay cash on delivery but i had to raise money in order to buy the masks to get them here and then they were going to pay me on the spot in doing so, I started talking to everybody who I knew who either has money um, or knows people who have money. One of these people is a, is a guy in Boston who um, does high net worth uh, money management, and he told me that the state of Mass was looking for masks. And, and, and just, to, just to real quick interject here, I mean, we're talking a lot of, so this is not simple. We're talking, you're talking about a lot of masks. You're talking a lot of, about a lot of upfront costs and. Oh yeah. Like, like a million dollars up front. Right, right, um, right. 
I, I straight up don't have. Right, um, right. I have nowhere near that. <laughs> right, um, right. Yeah. So, uh, and even if I did, like, uh, right. that's that's a huge outlay. It's, it's a huge outlay. I mean, it's a huge outlay, but it, there are a lot of people who have that kind of money. So you connected with a group or a, a, an investment guy who did have that kind of money? Um, so I connected with him to ask if he had people who had money. Got it. Um, so I ended up raising about somewhere between a quarter and a half a million dollars through connections. But then this guy said that the state of Massachusetts had a bunch of money available in their emergency management fund to, um, to send out quickly. And, um, we, so I, I went through the, the process, which was actually because it's an emergency, a lot easier than the regular procurement process for a state. Um, and I was able to get them to send me a, a decent amount of money to get the, the process started of buying the masks. Okay. As soon as um, that happened and it looked like we were actually getting masks, um, the, the same person who is um, who's in touch with the crafts on a regular basis – um, looped in Jonathan Kraft, whose who's podcast or not podcast, whose radio interview you listened to, yep. about seeing if they could help out with moving the masks to the United States. Because there's two problems right now. One is the manufacturing problem. There just there isn't enough capacity to make enough masks. And secondly, there's the cargo problem. Um, usually from China, there's you know a certain number of cargo airplanes that come to and from the United States. But also, the passenger planes usually have about half of the downstairs available um, for cargo. Mm-hmm. But right now, there's no passenger flights to China. So, you know, the, the normal 50 to 60 flights a day that come from China to the United States are no longer happening, um, and there's not enough capacity. So we needed to find, A, factories that would actually make these masks, um, and would make them in the amount needed, in the timeline needed, and B, um, transportation from China to the United States. Um, the crafts have the airplane that they use for the Patriots. Um, they're the only team in the NFL that has a wide-body aircraft uh, that they own, and they were willing, able, and gracious enough to donate it to the state of Massachusetts to go pick these things up. All right, so, so let's, let's was, yeah. So let, before we get to your role, and I want to get there. So, so you had started this whole idea of I'm going to get a, a, a ton of masks because of my connections with the factories there in China that can make these high quality. Because you're not just talking, you're talking like medical grade, good quality masks, correct? Uh, we're talking about medical grade is is a hard term to use. Sure. Um, uh, we're talking about respirators versus, you know, the little flat surgical masks. Got it. Got it. Okay. Um, respirators being things that filter out 95% of particulate. That's why it's N95, N95 or KN95. They, they, they filter out 95% of all particulate matter. Um, the getting, uh, medical grade ones is basically impossible right now. Yep. Um, right. Because there's only so many factories that make them, um, but getting 95 particulate, 95 percent particulate filter is 
a hundred times better than just a little three point right. surgical masks and that are like paper a gazillion thin. times yeah. better than nothing. Right. So you all right, so you ha- you have this idea to get this and this gen- this was legitimately your idea and it kind of morphed into something different. Is that correct? Um, I, I mean, I'm one of a million people who had this sure, idea. Sure, I, yeah, I, right. I, You're uh, the one who helped. You just execute. have the connections to be able yeah. to make it happen. So you you connect with exactly. somebody. You connect with somebody who because you're right. You have this. Even if you had a million masks in China, there's no transportation in and out of China. So then you have yeah. this connection to the Robert Kraft and Jonathan Kraft who own the Patriots who have this who have a lot of political power and they actually have a jet that they own that could carry a lot of masks. So, yeah. All right. So you you can you finally connect with the crafts who are like, "Wow, this is an awesome idea. We'd love to be a part of it. We'd love to help out." They were looking to help out and do something anyway. So again, you started to say what your role was. Yeah, so um from there, uh we uh Basically, what happened is my the state of Massachusetts at this point had had put out a bunch of purchase orders and put out a, a bunch of money. Mine just seemed put to be the one that was the most real, the quickest, um, and and they they dove all in. And and by the way, you know when you get an organization like that behind you, um, they have a certain yeah. amount of infrastructure that you're saying the uh, Patriots. I, the Patriots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Patriots. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. Um, and political pull, and they've got all kinds yeah, of resources. Well, and, and yeah, well, the governor was on that, so and he has a ton of political pull, but the Patriots have, you know, uh, so many connections with, like, bankers in China and bankers yeah. in the United States that, that are all politically interconnected um, and just have um, the, an amount of sway that I couldn't possibly right, right. to do on my own. It's crazy, um, right. So, so so my deal was, hey, let's just get these things to a warehouse to where they can be consolidated and then gotten to the airport to load on the airplane. Yep. Um, which is what we ended up doing. The, the, the issue with this, and this is why I didn't sleep for two weeks, because I was um, working with China from nine at night until three in the morning and then sleeping for three and a half, four hours and then working on the U.S. side from seven in the morning until nine at night Mm -hmm. so that I could do all the U.S. stuff during the day, all the China stuff at night and sleep wherever I could. Um, But uh, turns out that all the factory lied, all the factories lied Um, or I don't think it was even malicious lies. I think it was, um, you know, they think that they had, you know, a million, a capacity for a million masks a week. But in reality, yeah, they might have had that. But then one line goes down and then the Serbian government shows up at their doorstep with a briefcase filled with cash. Right. And all of a sudden half a million masks go out the door um, without yeah, without, without any record, do anything. Right, right. Yep. Um, so I had people uh, that I work with on a regular basis on the ground in China um, with access to capital to just go to the factories and snatch up as much as they could, um, and and that's what we ended up doing. So much so that there was a couple nights where you know we were missing a hundred thousand masks and you know that's six pallets of masks mm. um 
and I had to have wire transfers done in the middle of the night for somebody to go to a different factory with a truck to just pick up whatever they could get. Um, and then we were lucky that the, the Tencent group, which is a giant conglomerate in China, was able to take a look at everything that we gathered um, and, and validate it before it got shipped out so that we knew we were getting uh, decent goods on the airplane and, and shipped to the United States. And, and I mean, you're just giving us the Cliff Notes version, obviously. There were so many people and moving pieces on that. I heard that you know, about the, the ten, they're called the Tencent, the, the Tencent company. Yeah, it's, it, it's called Tencent. It's a giant internet conglomerate. Um, they own WeChat, which is like the Facebook slash Venmo slash Instagram of China. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they own, you know, a million other things. So the chairman of Tencent knows the crafts, and they were, again, gracious enough to go and check this stuff out um, and consolidate it for us into one of their warehouses. All right, so it go, all these masks go to the warehouses that were manufactured that, that aren't, like, stolen or, or, you know, bribed or whatever. There's so much going on because these things are like gold at this point of the, where we are in, 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 in the world right now. So the crafts are able to get the, the aircraft... Uh, they, they secure, you know, 10, 10 people, uh, four, four pilots, some staff, mechanics, uh, a couple people who are, or, or a couple flight attendants. And, you know, it, it's hard enough to even at this point in time to get people over to China alone. I mean, much less move product in and out. I mean, so there must be like visas and like, you know, all kinds yeah. of, of, of like, you know, there's so many, uh, you know, restrictions that you they had to ha- have w- waived for you to to actually do this, right? Yeah, the 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 process was absolutely incredible. Um, you know, we had to get letters from the State Department asking uh, for special permission as a humanitarian flight. Um, right now, the only flights that are going in and out of China are cargo flights, and the pilots aren't allowed off the airplane. Wow. And it's only cargo flights that have been going to China on a regular basis, so like FedEx and UPS and Atlas Air. Um, We had to uh, get permission to go in and kind of reclassify the, the, the craft plane into the cargo category, even though it's not a cargo carrier. Um, so the, the deal that we ended up getting is the, the CAS, the Chinese Civil Aviation Authority, um, authorized us to go in and stay for three hours. And then the foreign ministry in China authorized the wave, waiving of visa requirements for the pilots and the flight attendants and the waiving of the mandatory 14-day quarantine as long as they didn't get on the plane. As long and as they stayed at, on the plane the entire time in China. they didn't get off the plane. Yeah, wow. exactly. Sorry. Wow. Um, and if you look at the photos that came came out of this, like you see that everybody loading the plane up were, um, you know, were wearing bunny suits. Hazmat and, suits. Yeah. Hazmat and all that kind of stuff. Wow. Um, and everything got loaded up uh flew back to China or back to Alaska. And once it was in the air in Alaska, um, you know, there was a, or in the air towards Alaska, there's a giant sigh of relief. And then once we got confirmation that it had cleared customs in Alaska, um, there was a huge sigh of relief (laughs) because, you know, originally all these masks um, aren't actually allowed to come into the United States. 
you you can only get masks into the United States that are uh, approved by by the FDA and the CDC. Um, and when we started the process, we didn't know if they were actually going to um, let those restrictions fall. And they finally did right before we we took off. And, and once the restrictions fell, once the FDA and the CDC said, okay, um, no, you can order this type and this type as a replacement for or in lieu of the approved masks, um, then we were good to go on getting everything in. But, you know, it, it, it's, it's been really, really hard because there's a, a million uncertain, uncertainties that could be a showstopper at any point in time. Brian, I mean, this is just, it's, I mean, the story is incredible, but you must have had a pit in your stomach for like three weeks, you know, leading up to this point. As you're flying over there, as it's being loaded in, you guys take off from China, but the adventure is like just beginning to be able to even get this back here. Like, what did you feel like when you guys finally landed? Julie, I, I was yeah. like a nervous wreck yeah. the entire time. Even when I was so exhausted that I like I was falling asleep sitting up, um, I would wake up again and I couldn't sleep. Like, you know, and, and at that point... I was on the hook for $3 million of yeah. money that's not my money. Yeah. Right. Um, and I was trusting my contacts in China, who I trust, but you don't know. But Serbia yeah. could come with a $500,000 briefcase. I mean, this is... Yeah. yeah, but you're also talking about, you know, the politics that are happening between the U.S. and China right now, like government yeah. regulations that could pop up in, uh, when you're in flight on your way uh to China that things could be changing. So, I mean, I, it, I cannot imagine how terrifying that was for you. Exhilarating, but oh my gosh, like when you guys finally landed, you landed in Logan, right? Is that where you guys and, and, and Brian, you you weren't able to be on the plane to, to I China. I was not able to be on the yeah. plane. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I wanted to, but right. I was not able to. Right. I, I mean, there was so many, yeah. Boston. I mean, there, there, there was so many restrictions for who could be on the plane and, and yeah, so... Um, but it did land in Logan and you made a trip to Logan. Yeah. Uh, I flew up to Boston. It's, it's my annual April trip to Boston. Just this one is uh, a <laughs> not for the marathon. Yeah. The other ones, yeah. So. <laughs> right. Um, no. Yeah. So I, I flew up, uh, the day it came in, um, just to watch it. Cause you know, I, I felt pretty, pretty proud of it. Uh, as, as most people who know me know, um, we went there. It was cool. You know, originally when we started doing the process, it was actually going to be a thing where we we're just going to keep it quiet and get all the masks in. But because it turned out to be a, um, a pretty decent success, then the governor um, and the crafts decided to, like, actually make a, a media thing out of it. Also because of all the orders that the state of Massachusetts had made, and, and this is the same as New York and Pennsylvania and to a certain extent California, you know, there's millions of dollars floating around and no product actually coming in. Mm -hmm. um, so there, there are only a few people who've been successful in getting stuff in quickly. Um, I, I think that within the next week, week and a half, there's going to be a lot more coming. Um, but things that were supposed to arrive three weeks ago, not things that were supposed to get here today. Right. Um, 
so yeah, I, I was super proud. It was really cool to go stand there and watch the plane come in and you know help with the National Guard guys to unload it and, and all that stuff. But this also makes it even more challenging for you. Like, sorry, I missed that point in the story. I was thinking you were there, but how much more difficult does it make <laughs> it that you're not there? So you're trying to field all these issues that are happening you know, while you're on the ground here in the U.S., um, and relaying all that information and trying to orchestrate it when you're not physically present. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, You know, uh, Jim Nolan, the COO of the the Patriots organization, who who ran quarterback for the airplane and loading and stuff like that, and I talked uh, every half an hour, basically. And, you know, as every time an issue came up, it was a fire drill to, to get them you know, get it figured out. So much so that after the masks got delivered to the Massachusetts Emergency Management um, Warehouse, I got a call saying that there was only 500,000 masks there and there were supposed to be 700,000. And I'm like, what the hell? And now I'm calling a a bunch of other people and finally we figured out that some of them went to the Department of Health um, (laughs) and they weren't actually lost. But every minute was a fire drill, every minute for two weeks. All right, so you get the mask here. How many total masks and where do they go now? Okay, so we ended up getting just under a million on the airplane. We didn't know how much were we thought we were going to fit 1.2 million. We we ended up getting just under a million on the airplane, and then there were 500 to 600 thousand left on the ground in China. Mm. Um, of those, 700 thousand went to the state of Mass. Uh, 500 to the emergency management. Uh, um, what's it called? The uh, administration, uh, two hundred thousand to the Department of Health, and then two hundred or three hundred thousand got trucked down to New York City on the giant Patriots truck. Um, wow! And were donated from the crafts to the 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 city and hospital. Um, hospital. These are all going to hospital workers, obviously. So yeah, these most of these are going to the. Um, to like the convention centers, to the the triage areas and stuff like that. So um, I, I'm not in charge of where they are, but um, they're just going to fulfill need where, um, you know, it's not the surgeons, but it's the nurses the and the people who... Yeah. Yeah, who need who need masks because they're in contact on a regular basis, but don't need sterile and don't need stuff like that. Wow. That's incredible. Um, and then the, the second half of the, or this last 600,000 are going to come over this week. Uh, they're leaving China today, actually. And then we have another 2 million coming in the next uh, week and a half through various other vendors. But they're, those are coming over on regular carriers like FedEx and UPS. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, and in the sense of urgency, like you said, I, I, I wanted to highlight that point is that you know, there were masks that were supposed to be here three weeks ago that weren't going to be here. Uh, so the fact that you were able to get them, get masks in, I mean, there was, there, there was an immediate need right away for those masks. So, you know, usually when we order a pair of shoes and they're back order, oh, I can wait a couple weeks or a week or something like that. There's no waiting a couple weeks. Well, no, I text you. Yeah. And then you you make a pair show up to my apartment. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, that's you know 
<laughs> I'm the procurement. I am the Brian Danza of the running world. Yes, thank you. Yes, as like you are to masks, I am to running shoes. Um, yeah, it's certainly a life or death situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As yeah. Well, uh, let me put myself in the same. Well, yeah. Julie, I needed my infinity yeah. Yeah, so I, I, I got him. I, I made uh, it happen for him. I ran in them yesterday. By the way, they feel more like Pegasuses than they Softer, do. Softer, uh, for sure. Yeah. 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 But I like my – when I buy brand new structures, that's what I love is that they're just like hard and bouncy. Yeah. Well, I I recommend uh, trading off. I think you should have one experience in one shoe and one experience in another. So I think that that's – you should switch them off as we – Well, that's what I'm doing. Yeah. You saw I bought the the structures. Oh, I appreciate your business. Yes. And the infinities from us. Yes. (laughs) Well, the structures are about to be no longer. So you got to figure out – But what are they going to replace them with? The infinity is the replacement. I know. As we – Get get used to it. As we totally pivot here and talk uh, running shoes, which I'm always always willing to do. I'm I'm not happy about the price. Yeah, I know. They, They moved it to 160. I know. Yeah, that's a whole nother uh, discussion. Well, thank uh, go- goodness for your connection with Pacers. <laughs> I know, I know. And your relationship with Chris Farley. <laughs> so, uh, g- well, Julie, you're sponsored. So, yeah. <laughs> so just, g- I'm g- sponsored g- by Chris Farley, and g- I'm sponsored by Georgetown. Yes, but getting back. Well, I'm, but that's the point: is that you get all the every every Nike product you she, want from she, Georgetown. She, well, yes. That again, In we're, we're, we're yeah, we're we're opening up a whole can of worms here. But but back to the uh, so. Back Back to the mass. So uh, you've got more coming, and it's not going to be such the fire drill because you were able to to get a million plus over. Um, how are the how are the ones that are? Uh, you said there's six hundred thousand that are waiting there, and then a couple more million. How are they coming over? They're coming over in the normal uh, freight uh, airplanes that 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 we regularly send. Yep, um, those are all coming over on UPS, FedEx, and DHL. Uh, it's super expensive right yeah. now. It's crazy. It's almost three times the price um, than it than it would normally be. Um, but we have a bunch coming to well, a bunch coming to your store, yep. um, but also uh, going to a few hospital systems and a few grocery store chains. So nothing for consumer usage, uh, mostly just for essential workers. You know, grocery store people and pharmacies have a whole bunch of uh, a whole bunch of workers that are exposed all day, every day, and they need these masks for their workers. So we're we're procuring that. And my view on this is everywhere where I can help ease the supply chain issues um, creates more of the really high quality masks for you know hospitals and stuff like that so if i can bring in um easy masks for grocery stores that means that they're not competing with hospitals right. to get stuff for their people yep and and um and that's a great point and, and what what are you i mean this isn't a big like money-making thing for you uh no but it it, it i i would be lying if i said that i'm not like good for business making a decent yeah amount of money it's good out. for business for you um, yeah absolutely yeah i, I mean it, well like you said it's not a I, lack I, of I've kept, I've kept my costs i know that my costs um for example to the state of massachusetts i've seen all the other bids and i come in 30 to 40 percent below wow. a lot of them um and like 150 percent below some of the really skeezy people right um so I know that I'm not the bad guy in this situation, which it, which also makes me super happy. But 
I'm also not not making sure. Money. Um, well, Brian, and Brian, like you said, I mean, it, there's not a lack of resources, financial resources in the U.S. right now. It's a lack of supply and ability to attain the supply. So, you yeah. know, if there was a lack of resources, maybe the perspective would be a little bit different in terms of the financial resources. But when you're just talking about, you know, physically having the people and the capacity to execute this type of, of endeavor, it, you know, that's a completely different story here. Oh, yeah. And, and I like to say, I like to couch it in this way is that um, this was a year and a half of me and my business partner, Jack, going to China and going to these factories and talking to these people and, and you know, doing um, what essentially is like uh, copywriting work for them and stuff like that. Um, for a year in order to come up with something that actually like takes right. off. And, and this is probably a one-time thing. But on the other hand, you, you can't, I can't even tell you the number of phone calls that I've gotten in the last week from people who want to sell me masks. You know, everybody has somebody in China who can sell masks, they claim. And, and they're trying to sell me the same things that I can buy for twice as much as I can buy them for because um, everybody's trying to make a quick buck and it's frankly a little bit disgusting um, and and I've, I've screamed at a few of them just <laughs> like, I can't believe that you're doing this right. yeah. and that you're trying to like just make half a million dollars right in three days for doing no real work for, for yeah. be, taking advantage of a crisis um Br yeah. brian from a global perspective can you explain a little bit about like you know is it china is china the only place in the world that is creating these types of grades of masks and then is is the reason that there's such a shortage you know across the globe because that you know the pandemics you know started initially there and maybe they exhausted some of their resources there like can you give us a little bit of perspective of like how we kind of got to this place yeah so um th the answer to that is kind of simple and kind of complicated so first of all China makes stuff like this in general, right? Um, soft consumer goods are made in China. Um, some are made in Indonesia, some are made in Africa, but for the most part, soft consumer goods are made in China. Um, when the pandemic hit them, they converted a ton of factories into making these, so much so that you will see masks that come from factories across the country and they all look exactly the same because what they ended up doing is two manufacturers made the machines that make the masks and then all those machines were shipped out to factories all over the country and now all these same factories are making the exact same product or for the most part the exact same product obviously there's there's some counterfeit stuff out there and some some junk but um the quality is actually not bad considering um the the bigger problem with this is that um, a lot of these factories weren't able to get certified by third parties, um, so CE and the FDA uh, for Europe and the United States, respectively. So they can't export a whole bunch of this stuff. And then China has been playing games with a little bit of the control of what goes in and out um, because they like having control over that kind of stuff. Um, this... I think is a huge problem for the United States. I, I think that 
the manufacturing base needs to be moved to various places. I, I'm not going to be the, the guy who says everything needs to come back to the United States because I think that's unrealistic. But I also think that we should not be relying on one manufacturing base um, f- for all of this stuff. It, it should be a bunch of places. And I think I think it slowly will. I think that like Nigeria, for example, on the textile side is going to start picking up a ton of slack. Um, you know, Indonesia and the Philippines have picked up a ton of slack on this kind of stuff. So if if we do it right and we, we give business to the right places, um, we'll be able to diversify where all this stuff comes from and not run into these bottlenecks. Well, all that... All that means, Brian, is that uh, you, you'll be traveling to Nigeria and to Indonesia and these places. And can you pick a cooler weather place? Because I know you just need a, play, a cooler weather place to to uh, run. I mean, all these places sound really hot to me. And you're going to need that air drying yeah, know, uh, right? running shoe uh, running shoe air dryer everywhere you go. Yeah, I need to, um, you know, get some manufacturing set up in Greenland right. or something like that. <laughs> right. Well. Uh, how to build a factory there? <laughs> I, I I didn't I didn't mean to cut you off, but we 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 gotta uh, run here, and we're gonna we're gonna let you go. But uh, I mean, after this, it's like this is I don't know what your your job or what next job you're gonna have or what you're gonna do for your your job that's going to equal this like exhilaration, adrenaline rush. I mean, w- what are you gonna do? You, it's good. Everything's gonna be kind of. Um, it's going to be kind of a letdown from here on out, right? No, I, I hope not. <laughs> um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna run a yeah. little bit. I'm gonna beekeep. Yeah. Um, I'll fly airplanes a little bit. You know, all all the stuff that I usually maybe do. get some sleep too. Yeah. That would be helpful. Well, I, I will sleep in the last three days has been good. I, actually, I will. So I'm, I'm I will say. I mean, I think what you do for um, the Alexandria Turkey Trot. And, and the blitz that is that, and, you know, I, I think race directing, I think Lisa would say the same thing. That sort of prepared you for something like this. I mean, yeah, uh, on a sure. long, I mean, it, you have this blitz of like two days for uh, around Thanksgiving versus two, three weeks that you've gone through. Uh, but yeah, it kind of prepares you, right? Yeah, just burnt, turn, uh, putting out fires the entire yeah. time. That's all it is. Well, it, you you did amazing stuff here, man, and and we will hopefully. I mean, I'm gonna put it on the record here. We will hopefully be a one of your distribution centers for your next wave of masks here at Pacers Clarendon, right? Yep. Yeah, um, I actually talked to Kathy half an hour before I got on with you guys, and it looks like uh, midweek next week we'll finally get the first few pounds. And, and 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 the stuff here in D.C. Um, you know, going to Inova hospitals and. Uh, MedStar is that is that where you think that I know that's not what you're doing, but is that where you think those masks are going to go? Yeah. So, so what's going to happen is um, a few of the medical systems are placing orders, and um, the the reason I'm doing it this way is because it's a lot easier for me to get stuff to them if I know I have mm-hmm. it. It's hard for me to make promises out of China. Right. Um, so what I'm trying to do is just get things into the United States because I know they'll go if if they're here. Yep. The issue is, is making sure that they actually get here. Well, we'll give them a safe home here in uh, Pacers Clarendon, and we're thrilled to be able to help out with it. So appreciate, appreciate I'm the opportunity. I'm super happy yeah. that, I, that you guys are able to do it also. Awesome, man. All right, Brian. Well, let's catch up for a run after uh, all this is, is whenever we get to the other side um, because I know there's probably another – 
we, we covered here in about 30 minutes. Of prob- there's probably another like three or four hours of, of the story that uh, is. <laughs> oh, yeah. I can tell you my dad got diagnosed with it uh, during this whole thing. COVID? On. So that was tons of fun. Oh, yeah. my gosh. I was about to let him go. And he's in a nursing home in Italy. Wow. So Is he okay, is Brian? He How's okay? he doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's, uh, he's done. Okay. Um, That's great. That's good to hear. Yeah. Um, he, I guess he just had a cough for three or four days and never really had a fever and stuff like that. But, um, because he's in a nursing home, they, you know, they tested him and, and then isolated him and all that kind of stuff. Wow. Good. Glad to hear is a good story that like happy ending there. That's great. Yeah. That made me a little bit, even a little bit more stressed (laughs) during the entire thing. All right, man. Uh, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Uh, that's Brian Danza. He secured you know, over a million N95 masks uh, for the state of Massachusetts, for DC, for New York. Man, it's unbelievable. It gives me chills. Thanks, Brian. Really appreciate you sharing the story. Thank you, guys. All right, there he goes. Brian Danza, he joined us on Pace the Nation. We're going to take a quick break. Be right back after this. All right, welcome back to the program, and thanks again to Brian Danza for joining us on today's program. Uh, we will keep you uh, up to date with what's happening with those masks. I think it's a really interesting story, a fascinating story. Uh, Docs, I'm sorry you couldn't be on the phone. I know you were, you had another uh, phone call, but uh, a fascinating story and really good work to get uh, you know something done quickly that's really a, a, a good thing. And... Um, yeah, so just just props to Brian, and um, really really impressed that uh, he was able to pull it off in this short period of time. Um, Julie does have her mask, actually, Docs. I just wanted to make that note. Okay. We just finished talking about all these masks, so she does have her mask. Yeah, but but you know, if you're not wearing a mask, it it doesn't count. <laughs> but again, we couldn't talk here. But she has it right there. I just want to make sure you know. Uh, we can't talk with the mask on for the podcast. It's a masked theme party right now. Yeah, it's true. Well, you, I mean, to be fair, you guys, you guys are right now in a room where you're the only two people that ever go in that room. That's true. That is and true. So we're fine. It, but the point is, like, when when you leave the room and you walk out, you should remask. That's very true. It is a crazy world we live in right now. Unbelievable. Also, I feel like if if we're gonna wear masks, you know, maybe maybe just go like all out and and just like cover everything and you know, like look cool while you're wearing a mask. <laughs> cover your eyes. Wear like a, a top hat. You know. I think I think they are gonna be boots. They're gonna be fashion statements. I think you're gonna see more and more of them because it's yeah. It is a thing. You're seeing it now more than ever, and people are going to go all out and go in costume and have their mask match their rest of their attire. Uh, yeah, I, I can see it happening. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, I, I mentioned earlier, former guest uh, had a crazy uh, two-and-a-half-day run. Um, the story's out there on uh, the Washington Post covered it. Michael Wardian, I mean, he comes up with like – the most insane, craziest challenges that um, you know anybody could think of. But this was an ultra marathon that was right up his alley. Uh, Personal Peak came up with an idea to do a quarantine backyard ultra, and the idea is every hour you have to run 4.1 miles. So if you can run 4.1 miles in 30 minutes, you can take a 30 minute break. 
But at the top of the hour, you have to start that 4.1 mile run again. And so uh, 2,200 people signed up to do this. They all uh, had a link in on Zoom through this per, per, uh, personal peak performance uh, Zoom account. And they all attempted to go to see how far they could go. Well, Arlington man, uh, Michael Wardian, was one of the last two standing almost two and a half days later. Uh, he was running the same lap around his Arlington neighborhood over and over and over again. It was, I think it took him 10 loops to do 4.1 miles. He ended up uh, in a battle with uh, Czech runner Radrick Bruner after over 60 hours. And finally, uh, he outlasted uh, the Czech runner after 63 hours and he ran 262 miles over those 63 hours. So I don't even know what uh, zero sleep or just cat naps between uh, that. It's, it's so insane to me that I, I don't even know what to say about it or how to um, process what he did. Uh, part of me is like, this is crazy. Part of me is like, wow, that's incredible. Um, it's just, it's, it's just another list of insane things that Mike Wardian's done. So how, how did they monitor this race? So every hour on top on the, they had a race director who was, or a number of race directors who was checking. No, I know, but checking in and you had to check, uh, you, you had to show your Garmin or whatever your, your, uh, you had to have a Garmin or a treadmill show that you'd run the 4.1 miles. Hmm. I, I understand that Chris, but, but what I'm saying is, that, uh, do, are, are we going to put our guy Murphy on this case? <laughs> Derek Murphy. <laughs> yeah. Now I, and then they, at the, at the top of the hour, you would have to prove that you would start running so that the race directors would see on zoom that you started running at the very top of the hour. Okay, that that's a little bit better. Yeah. So, yeah. I again, I, I think we're we're all kind of um, we don't know what to we're, we're we're speechless or dumbfounded because there's not I don't know what to say about it. It's just so insane. Um, but well, I I saw people like posting his loop and talking about you know like I, basically on social media. I came into this story uh midway through or towards the end and until you just explained what he was doing i i could not figure out from the from the, right. the context clues online what in the heck was going on <laughs> i recognized that this was a loop it, it, i actually know where he lives because i i he was walking to his car one day when i ran by him yep uh so I so and I don't know if I told that story on the show or not but so i actually know where he lives and i saw this picture and i was like yeah, I know that's that's where he lives, and it looks like he's running loops. But all of the little snapshots were were just showing like one loop or this or that or pace or blah blah blah. I I didn't understand what in the heck was going on uh, until you just explained the story. Yeah, and I I mean I I don't know um, you know I'm not usually a fan of these wacky runs, and I know Julie isn't either. But this is just crazy, and I thought it was notable, and I just wanted to m- mention it. Um. No, it's 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 definitely crazy. Um, how how long? How many hours do you think you guys could have done this challenge each? Uh, I think I could have done twelve hours. I would not have wanted to do more than two hours. 
<laughs> Julie, how long? I would, would have you never signed it? up. Yeah, I, she just is. I would have never yeah. started it. Julie, stop, stop being such a stick in the mud buzzkill. All right, I would have done and one loop and called it a day. <laughs> <laughs> one loop was about 0.4 miles. Get back to yeah. things that I need to do in my life. Right, right. You can, you can, uh, you can hear how how she feels about the event. No, I think. I mean, the things that Mike Wardian does are superhuman. Um, yeah, but it's for me. And, and I'm not trying to like take away from these these endeavors that he does, but it's just one like sensational thing to the next I sensational know. thing. So, Docs, I was with you. I, I pulled up social media and I, I couldn't figure out what was going on. I, I clicked the link through and I saw a running clock and I was like, well, I don't really understand what this is. And, and like some you know, maybe a live camera of the other guy that he was down to at the end. Um, and maybe I just wasn't paying attention on the front end of it. Well, but I probably there's so didn't ex- many. There's so many sensational stories that he does, and and it you know it kind of gets like okay, well, what's the next thing yeah. that's been made up to break a Guinness Book of World Records, <laughs> you know, I, in doing? I want him to uh, beat that guy's record on the eight meter apartment course in in Wuhan, China. Right, that oh, marathon that record. Sounds yeah, horrible. Yeah. That, that would yeah. be a good one. Don't tempt him. I can yeah. see him doing it. I'm actually surprised that he didn't do that. Do an indoor marathon inside quarantine. I mean, he did a marathon around this loop a few yeah, days before. Yeah, but that's before. still a four four mile four mile loop, right? No, no yeah, that's a, a four mile loop. I, no, I want the one where you can't stride out. Right, where you're just right. like running around. Yeah, that's true. You you kind of put the coffee table up against the the dining room table, yeah. and then you run a loop around. You move Wardian, the couch to the, the middle ch- of the room. Now we we yeah, Wardian. Now you do do something that we will will care about. Do that. Um, um, anyways, it was, it was pretty impressive. 63 hours. The no sleep, um, is crazy. I I don't know how, yeah. How long do you think you could go docs? That's the problem is two and a half days of, of, of running on the hour. Like that's too long to be up. I mean, like you can only be a robot if you do that. Right. Uh, yeah. How long do you think you could do it docs? I said, I thought I could do 12, but I, I don't know. I think I think I'll I think I'll do uh, three. Three, yeah. I'll, I'll get through three hours of it. Yeah, and 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 then I won't run for a month. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Well, I uh, I appreciate you guys listening to that story. I thought it was uh, pretty. I saw Wardian on a run. Uh, before all this quarantine happened and he had you know a book schedule so he's got to do something obviously because he can't do his regular scheduled events so can we Mm -hmm. so he ended up getting second right no he won he won yeah i feel like there was less of a celebration about him winning though i know i don't i yeah it was it really came down to i think there was some technicality the other guy lost on but oh really uh, so they both quit at the same time no i think the other guy didn't start on time so the race director dq'd him what? After all that time? Yeah, uh, weak sauce. That's terrible. I know. I think Wardian felt the same way. He was yeah, like, this is ridiculous. that's. I mean, you want to go ahead. The cool part about the the situation was they were going head to head live. Yeah. You know, yeah. and the one thing I thought that was neat coming out of that from that story was like the two of them had so much respect for each no other. No doubt. You know, and they're both going through this at the same time. And I think they could even almost communicate. Were they communicating they were. Oh, yeah, to each other? Yeah, they were other? talking. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's. Uh, it's wild and it's crazy but it is neat um you know the way big picture people are connecting it's pretty cool yep all right this podcast of course is sponsored by pacers running pacers running with six area dc locations pacers running is for every run each of the locations is open for business 
curbside pickup. Uh, we, we also are doing online sales. We're shipping shoes out of our stores. Uh, we're doing virtual fittings. So go to runpacers.com and you can sign up for a virtual fitting today. Uh, we also talked about the virtual fittings last week, uh, Julie, on the program. Docs asked me some good questions about that. So Okay. Yeah. Thanks so for just, letting me just know. Just so you know. Um, all right, Docs. So uh, you've been quarantined um, like the rest of the world, um, but but you, you were ready for this because... Uh, well, I've been training you've been tra- for you've been Much trained. like Mike Wardian has been training for <laughs> running around yes. his block for two and yep. a half days. I've been training for staying at home 23 hours so, a day. Give, so give us some pro tips on what to watch. What have you been watching? Well, I, you know, the thing is, the, and this is the heyday for, uh, you know, introverts like myself who <laughs> like watching television because all of a sudden all these streaming services are putting more media yep. on their platforms, um, which, which is incredible. Netflix just released... Uh, all six seasons of Community. I don't even know that show. I, I could not be more excited about. Oh, it was great. There were four seasons of it on NBC, although NBC doesn't advertise here. So right. four four seasons on one network of the TV. network television yep. uh, stations, and and then they did two years or two seasons on uh, streaming platform before streaming platforms became a thing. So I think it might have been on Yahoo something like that, mm-hmm. something weird. So when it came out, when it first came out, I never watched all of the first season. I Somehow I, 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 I got in mid-season. So there were episodes in the first season that I had never seen, and I never got around to watching the last two seasons that were on the internet. So I am excited to just watch right. this from, community. from start to finish. Okay, Community. That's, community have you yeah. heard of Community, Julie? No, I'm actually looking it up right okay, now, and now right. I seem now I'm really interested. Okay, all right, good, good, good. Tip. It's hilarious. Good tip. Okay, it is hilarious, and it's it's it, it's it's the right kind of humor for me. All right, so you haven't started watching that yet, but that will be. No, I did. Oh. I just started. That's what I just oh, started okay, watching. Okay, gotcha. Okay, I, I'm starting from the beginning, watching watching the first season. I I binged the Tiger Show. Oh yeah. You know, I, I I watched that. That was seven episodes, and I watched that. Like, and we talked about it. I I watched that. Oh my gosh, it was. Have you guys seen it? No. It's it's just nuts. It's crazy. Would you recommend it? Yes. Did you really enjoy it? Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, I mean, it's it's like it, you know, it's best described as as uh, you know, you're rubbernecking. You know, you're driving down the highway, and and there's a car crash <laughs> on the other side of the median. And you slow down to wa- and to look at it, you know, and it's yep. just it's just remarkable. Uh, it, it's a good reminder about how many crazy people there are in this country. All right, so Community and uh, Tiger King. Okay, ti- Tiger King. Yeah, there's just there's just so many good things to watch. You know, I, I mean, I have a, a a long queue. I I started watching Ozark. Uh, over the weekend, but then I, I, I put that on the back burner. I, I watched only the first episode of season one. Tremendous show. Unbelievable. Yep. I'm excited about it, but now I'm now it's now I'm gonna wait until after community's done before I watch it. Docs, that's what we just finished was yeah. uh we watched it each time the season has released, so we just finished the third season. Uh I guess yeah, yeah I think we finished it Sunday night. It was awesome. Is it it's a Edge of your seat type of show. Yeah, it's great. really good. 
Oh, it's great! It's it, yeah. The, it, it was so well done. Even just the first episode was so well done. I was like, I'm I'm committed. I'm in for this one. Um, I watched the last show that I watched before this was was on Amazon called The Expanse. Okay, it's a sci-fi sci-fi uh, series, but it was I guess a a series of books. I think anytime you have a a a really good book and you make a TV show out of it, that's that's the right move. When when you when you try to like take a really good book and condense it to a two hour movie, you you miss too much stuff. You you just can't you can't pace it correctly. Mm-hmm. And so I, I like when they when they take these books and turn them into a TV series. Uh, so I just watched that one. I enjoyed it. Expand. All right. How about um, did you watch? Uh, speaking of sci fi, because I, I I was I'm out on the sci fi, but this was sort of sci fi ish, uh-huh. and I started it. But I'm wondering if you watched it. The Outsider on HBO Go. Julie and I started watching a little bit of that. That's with Jason Bateman as well. Um. Well, I don't have HBO, so no. Oh, got it. Okay. I was unaware right. of that show anyway. Okay, it's called The Outsider. Uh, That's with Jason Bateman, but. Oh, but he's I not. Yeah. I shouldn't say anything <laughs> yeah, Spoiler. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I, I, if, if, um, I'm, I'm curious if our listeners have, have seen the, seen it. If it's worth uh, us committing past the second episode that we're on. Ah. But um. So some somebody write somebody write in and let us know. So it's Community. It's Tiger King. It's Ozark. It's Expand. Okay. So those are uh, your four top ones. Well, the yeah. Expanse. I'm done with the gotcha. Expanse. I, I binged. The, like I hadn't watched any of it. And okay. there's five seasons up, and I, I just, that's it. I'm, I'm really into this idea of, of watching an entire season or five straight seasons of a show just in order and not watching anything else. So every, every day you watch like you know one episode from this series, and they have, you know, fifty of them. It's, it's, it's just rich content every night. It's great. So that's that's kind of what I'm doing, and you, I, all right. I well, guess another one that I liked was that I, that I had gone from from zero to sixty on was was called Shit's Creek. Hmm. It's a it's a Canadian comedy. It is so good. Okay. And they just right. they just released their last season. There's so much good okay. stuff out there, man. All right. Well. Um... I'm never I'm never gonna have. I'm never going to have nothing to watch. Used to be that, you know, you, you would record all these shows and and then, you know, during the 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 fall, uh you're you're always watching TV, you have something to watch every night. And then, you know, there's 3 or 4 weeks or 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 a month in over the holidays where there's nothing to watch. And then in the spring you 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 watch and tell about, you know, sometime in April and then the whole summer, you have nothing to watch. It's no longer the case. Well, now there's always something to watch. It's great. All right. So it's Docs's list is Community. It's Tiger King. It's Ozark. It's The Expanse. And Schiff's Creek Shit's is Creek. the uh, list. Yeah. Yep. But also, I mean, I, I will plug Survivor. It's I'm watching Survivor, that in okay. real time. It's the, it's the only thing that I'll watch in real time right now. And I don't understand with all of sports canceled why everybody's not on board with Survivor. It it makes no sense. It's the only competition in, 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 in the in the arena right now. And it's definitely the best season ever. It's so good. Alright, I uh I gotta uh one other plug. Uh, I gotta uh plug uh Williamy Docs on uh Instagram as well. So if you're looking for content, that's our um that's our recommendations. Mm-hmm. 
All right. Uh, finally, it was my birthday. Um, and uh, I want to thank uh, some of the Pace the Nation Nation uh, for reaching out. And um, I had one message from our friends at um, Run Nebraska. And I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm taking this this moment right now. I'm going to take to, uh, to 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 thank them for the uh, for the message. And uh, for, so instead of getting back to back to them right. on Instagram, right? I'd like, rather uh, like a normal person yeah. would. Yeah, I'd rather just say, hey, hey, uh, run Nebraska. Thank you. Um, they call me Tommy Boy. Happy birthday, Tommy Boy. Yeah. Um, you know, our audience probably doesn't even get that at this point. But uh, thank you, Run Nebraska. You're so insulting. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, also, uh, do you get it? Why do you think they called you Tommy Boy? Oh, because of course the uh, Chris Farley, you know, was the was the actor in okay. Tommy Boy. Of course. Yeah. 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 But again, I don't think that a lot of our audience probably gets that at this point. So. You're so insulting to our audience. <laughs> oh, I'm insulting to our audience. Yeah, it's tr- that's true. Um, so, and, and and I got I heard from Satya and a few other uh, people. I, those are the two I just wanted to call out, and I just wanted to make sure everybody knew it was my birthday. So, um, it was a odd big birthday. deal. Everybody has a birthday every year. It was except a, for it was me. an odd birthday for sure. Actually, I have a cousin who doesn't have a birthday every year. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You got a cousin who's <laughs> February 29th. Yeah. Well, happy birthday to that cousin this year. Yeah, she she did have a birthday this year. Nice. How'd you know? Do you know her? No. It's it was it was uh, <laughs> February 29th. I know. All right, great show guys. Thanks again to Brian Danza for joining us today on Pace the Nation. Awesome work he did to secure all those masks. really appreciate you uh, telling us the story today. Um, you know, I think our child care docs is going to get a little dicey moving forward or could get a little dicey moving forward. So um, you might have to deal with uh, either me hosting with you or Julie hosting with you. Do you have a preference? Do not ask questions like that. <laughs> nice yeah. to put us on the spot yeah, here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, what are you, King Solomon? <laughs> I always like to just put him on the spot. I like how Chris Farley tells us that we need to shift towards being more positive. Then he finishes the show with the wah, wah, wah. Yeah, wah. I know. I do. And, and nailing you and putting you on the spot, Docs. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, great show. Uh, thanks to the listening audience. Uh, appreciate you li- reaching out to us uh, during this quarantine time. Uh, we appreciate uh, you listening, and we're glad to be able to provide some content. All right. For William E. Docs and Julie Kelly, I'm Chris Farley. This is Space Nation. We'll see you next week. And if I could just add that uh, I, I wish that you 
had given me a heads up about having a TV list because I'm sure that I could have put together a really oh, good solid I list know. for our uh, listeners. <laughs> I know. Well, that was good. Community, Tiger King, Ozark, Expansions, and uh, Survivor. I like it. I, I, I might I might just uh, uh, make a list for next week. <laughs> yeah, and you could, <laughs> or you could just edit it in. <laughs>